Welcome to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Today on the Unicorns, I'm talking with Adam Theobald, Chief Executive Officer and founder of hospitality technology company, Automentum. Automentum is Australia's largest wholesale online order management platform for the nation's food and beverage industry. 34,000 Australian cafes, bars and restaurants have now adopted the fully integrated tech system. Automentum is now one of the largest e-commerce players in Australia, having reached the significant milestone of $1 billion in gross merchandise value, a figure that has advanced quickly due to the pandemic. Adam Theobald originally founded a pre-ordering app and website for cafes, Beat the Queue, back in 2011 and has since been heavily involved in disrupting the hospitality industry and moving it towards digitalization. Adam, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. So you saw a gap in the market about a decade ago with Beat the Queue, which is now Hey You, and Automentum, which is on the wholesale side of things. Was it during the Beat the Queue days that the idea for Automentum first came to mind? Yeah, it absolutely was. Look, the, the original moment was back in the Beat the Queue days, I used to do a lot of the door-to-door sales with the venues. And I remember the venue saying, hey, this is great for my customers, but what about me? I've got 10 different suppliers, 10 different ways to order, 10 different ways to pay. And, and there was this theme that they were really being left out of the digitization of the entire space. Um, and they wanted help. They're small businesses and they wanted help with how they could streamline their business. Mm. Um, and I, I really, it really got me to thinking there's a, it was a very similar problem to Beat the Queue or Hey You. It was ordering, it was payments, it was mobile. Um, and so naturally I thought that, I thought, you know, Beat the Queue, to be honest, could probably fulfill the need. But as I started to chat with all the coffee roasters that I was working with already and a bunch of the bakeries that we were working with, it really became clear to me just how important this problem was to solve. But I suppose even more importantly, how it was a win-win, right? So how the how not only the venue needed and wanted a solution of this type, but as importantly, how much the suppliers desperately needed a new way to collect orders, manage payments, and to get into the market. It's, you know, they're really, at that time, you know, Zero was just starting to roll out with haste but there was not much technology for small business and both sides of this market were desperately in need of something. So what is it that you would say Automentum is solving? What is what is the problem that you're attacking head on? First and foremost, it's digitizing the entire industry. But if you zoom into a little bit more detail on both sides of the network, our venues were crying out for a way to manage the ordering of all their fulfill, fulfillment products, all their supplied goods, coffee, bakery, you know, tea, packaging, fruit, veg, meat, everything that goes into your awesome avo toast breakfast on a Saturday at your favorite cafe. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole lot of time and effort that goes into making sure they can buy this produce, buy the high quality produce, buy it at the right price, um, let alone paying for it, let alone tracking that it was coming into the business at the right time. So first and foremost, we solved the problem of making it easier for venues to get high quality produce at the right price and trade smarter. 
Um, but on the supply side, it was just a case of helping them manage their ordering and payments, um, helping them understand their business. Something that's gone on in food and beverage industry over the last 10 years is it's fragmented yeah. rapidly. We've gone from there being you know, a very small number of huge businesses to 1,500 coffee roasters, as an example. And what that means is, you know, these people get into it because they love product, they love coffee, they love customers. But as soon as they get into it, they realize what they're doing is they're chasing orders, chasing money, chasing Mm. payment. You know, they're Mm. stuck on admin and not doing the things they get into. And so, you know, in in that world, um, we're very focused on getting rid of all that noise, streamlining the operations of a supplier so that they can get back to the stuff they love, which is great product and great customers. So how was this industry operating before Automentum's tech came along? It's a great question. Look, I, I refer to it as a very cottage industry, and it, it, it's an industry that relied on bits of paper, um, phone calls, SMS, faxes, sometimes <laughs> carrier pigeons. on the fridge. <laughs> Look, post-it notes. I mean, don't joke. It's a huge part of it still. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's incredible just how cottage this industry was. And I think a real testimony to the industry of just how awesome it is, despite not having any technology to really help them. Um, and, you know, that's the win-win, right? Like, you overlay the awesome people, the passionate customer service, the the focus on quality. We've got such an amazing set of quality produce in Australia, right? Like people from all over the world come here and marvel at just how accessible high quality produce is. Hmm. So if you think about all the stuff we've got going for us naturally, you know, if we can remove the noise, the customer experience, the commercial outcomes, even the sustainability, all these things go through the roof. Um, and that's really why we exist. And so take us back to when Automentum began. What what year did it officially get off the ground? Look, it was a lot of discussions, um, ideas, brainstorming. Yeah. Um, but really, it was 2014 when we really got off the ground. Okay, 2014. And and back then when you first started, was it was it just coffee? Or did you have a few other line items there? Or was coffee the main thing? Yeah, interesting. So the... The reality is that we we thought that coffee and bread were going to be the two key markets. They were the yep. suppliers we were talking to about the concept that were super interested in it, and they really mm-hmm. gave us the confidence that there was a product to sell. Um, our first customer was actually Line, um, Line Nathan, then um, now known as Line, the big beer company, right? And so the truth was we thought we were going to be coffee, bread, and very small supplier. Um, yep. The reality is what we learned quite quickly was it was universally usable across all categories, mm. but it was big and small that needed a solution, right? The small guys needed something because between their accounting system and not much else, there was nothing that helped them do this, right? So for a small supplier, Automentum and Zero or Maya or any of the accounting platforms is essentially the ERP and how they run the system. Um, but for the big guys, they've got these amazing systems, but none of them were designed to be customer facing. None of them were designed Mm. to be customer first. And so in that world, we were mobile first. We had the eyeballs of the customers. The customers loved us. Therefore, um, the suppliers loved the solution as well. And so starting back eight years ago, I imagine it was you and just a a handful of staff scratching around to to where you are now in end of 2022. Give us an idea of the, the size and scale of the operation of Watermentum now. Yeah, look, I should call out to two really important people back in the early days. My co-founder, Andrew Lowe, 
Um, I was super passionate about technology, super passionate about the industry through my time at, at um, Hey You, but I think Andrew was the brains of the industry, right? He, he had run Toby's estate. Um, he came on board as co-founder and look, we just wouldn't be here without his awesomeness. Um, and Pete Collins, employee number one, who remains with us to this day, you know, came on board from day one, doing everything as you do in a small business at the start. Um, but just, you know, two great people that we just wouldn't be here without. Um, but in terms of, you know, that that starting momentum, you know, you know what it's like. You've got to be so nimble. You've got to be mm. so um, close to the customer. You just got to move. And what I found is we went really wide. We tried to do everything. We tried to... Um, you know, solve every problem whilst we found product market fit. And then as we started to see the numbers and metrics start to tick in the right direction, we could really start to zoom in on what the the application was, what the vision for the company was. And that's when we started to see some real success. And, and to your question, coming back to it, um, just in terms of the size of the operation, we're, we're processing over a billion dollars of GMV per year, and that's growing really fast. We're really excited about that. We have over 34,000 hospitality venues using Automentum every month. Um, they love it. They're the driving force of Automentum now. They're the ones that are really helping us see where we need to go and how we can better service the entire network. And in terms of team, we're now up to 80 people in the business um, servicing wow. you know, this Stop big it. network. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> big team. <laughs> So 34,000 venues across Australia. What what sort of venues are they? Cafes, bars, restaurants, everything in between? Yeah, look, to have 34,000, you've got a full stack. It's, it's everything, right? From cafes, restaurants, bars, clubs, pubs, independent retailers even, um, you know, your barbers that order coffee and milk. You know, we've got the full stack of venue. It's fair to say we, we do, we started in coffee. Um, we now move. 50% of specialty coffee in Australia. And what that means is that we do over-index on cafes. So we've got a lot of cafes on the network, yeah. um, but restaurants are a huge factor and we've got a bunch of QSRs and even independent retailers. So look, it started quite cafe-centric given our start in coffee. But as we bring on the other categories, the types of venues we have has broadened significantly to the, to the extent where we're seeing enormous growth in restaurant right now. That's our biggest growth area. Really, um, and and geographically, Adam, where is your uh, where is Automentum the tech being used? Is it is it mainly East Coast? Is it the the metro areas? Are you popular in the regions? Where where, where are these venues uh, using Automentum? The volume is largely represented by the number of people in in Australia. So we we all over Australia. We have venues all over Australia, and we definitely have more venues in CBDs, especially Sydney yeah. and Melbourne. What I'd say though is we're getting enormous um, positive feedback from regional areas. Um, you know, there's it, mm. it's a misnomer to say technology yeah. only in the city, right? Like there's a real need and want and desire for really high quality technology solutions everywhere in Australia. And we've got, I was speaking to a great coffee roaster recently about, um, it was a regional coffee roaster in New South Wales, and he was raving about how Automentum has completely changed his business. And it, he, he actually said it's allowed him to fall in love with his business again. Rather than doing all the rubbish, he's allowed to actually enjoy the stuff that he got into it for. I would say on the density, though, in the CBD and, and in Sydney and Melbourne especially, when we roll out with a big supplier now, it's quite common for 60 to 70% of their customers to already be using Automentum. 
and that's a huge advantage, right? So yeah. if, if you believe in the benefits of e-commerce, right, and who doesn't, right? If you believe in the idea that it's what your customers want, it's a really high quality way to service those customers, and it allows you to spend all your time and money on the value-added items rather than just taking orders and transactions. You know, back in the day, that was something we had to sell a lot. But to be honest, everyone knows that now. So that's kind of a given. If you believe that, we digitize these customers quicker than anyone because they're already using it. It's a, it's a really unfair advantage, um, but it's a great opportunity for everyone. So you mentioned that figure of $1 billion GMV. What do you think has driven your success there? Look, I think first and foremost, we've been really lucky to be selling into a whole bunch of really strong tailwinds. Um, you know, digitization is sweeping all industries and, you know, it was time for hospitality to start to digitize. So it would be really remiss of me not to acknowledge the fact that we're definitely swimming with the tide here. I think more generally, just mobile phone adoption has been huge. I mean, it's like back in the day at, at HeyU, you know, we were lucky that digital payments, mobile adoption, even tablets in venue, right? These are all things. If, if those devices didn't exist, there's no way we'd be doing what we're doing. So that momentum, the fact that it's just an absolute um, necessity to be digital and have the right digital devices now certainly has helped. Um, but I think some of the other things that's really set us apart is I think ultimately having a really good industry understanding is crucial. Like in any business that's created true um, digital change in an industry, you have these brains that are very customer focused and they're very focused on, I think, um, understanding the genuine need of the industry rather than, you know, the need of the tech business rolling out in it. And I think, you know, you can't undersell that fact. And we've got some great minds in the business that are super industry focused. Um, and, you know, starting with Andrew, my co-founder, right, he, he understood the industry inside out. So I think, the reality is if you find the right balance of that industry knowledge, that industry yes. pa passion, that industry understanding, um, and combine it with brilliant technology, brilliant product thinking, I think that combination is where success comes. And, and I think that's been a really, really huge factor. Um, and I think the other thing is just we've been blessed with some great investors, some great advisors. We've invested over $25 million into the Australian food and beverage industry, right? We are not going overseas. It's a lot of coffee. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of coffee. It's a lot of dollars. It's a lot of brainstorming and whiteboarding and sales conversations. But all of that has been invested in Australia food and beverage, right? Like that's where we are. We're not trying to go overseas. We think that this industry needs a long-term techni technology partner to successfully digitize. And we've yep. decided not to spread ourselves thin and go overseas, despite heaps of exciting conversations and partnership conversations. I was going to ask you about that, Adam. So I'm, I'm right in saying you are, it's just Australia. Have, have there been approaches to, I'm sure they have, hey, this, this tech had worked, you know, great uh, in the UK or the US or, you know, through Asia. Why don't, um, what's, what's the rationale behind not going abroad, certainly at this stage? Yeah, look, it's a tough one because I think ego and, um, you know, the egotistical mm. entrepreneur founder in me desperately wants to be a global business and to, and to go overseas and do all sorts of exciting things. But I think if you get past that and you sit in the facts, 
to win in a market, you've really got to go deep and you've got to create long-term relationships, right? And what that means is it means doubling down and investing in support and investing in customer service and investing in success and, and tripling down on your R&D and really going deep. Every time I think about going overseas, it takes away from the investment we're making in the market here and the customers here and the product for here. And I just don't think that's reasonable. I just don't think it's fair for us to take away from this industry um, and the enormous opportunities in front of us. So I think that that's the first point is you just got to really be honest with yourself about what it takes to be awesome, what it takes to be a fantastic long-term long partner. Um, and if you think that it, it's, it's right that you sort of fragment yourself overseas to do that, then go for it. But we think we've got lots to do in the Australian market um, and we're just getting started. The second point I'd make is that we've been, we've been approached 150 times from overseas VCs saying they want to fund us to go overseas, from big overseas suppliers saying they want to go overseas with us. Um, I think, you know, and, and even from, um, you know, really high quality customers on our network today, this is probably the most frequent one, who are international players saying, hey, would you come overseas with us? We'd love to help you. Um, look, I'll never say never, but my view here is that, you know, until there's a way I can do this without reducing our focus, our energy, our investment and time on our current customers, um, we're not going there. So in terms of your business, hospitality in general was knocked around by COVID. It was absolutely decimated. So how did Automentum and I suppose hospitality in general get through those two years of, of sheer hell? Oh, Justin, I can't tell you. Um, I I would like to say I had a full head of hair before COVID and helping. <laughs> I've seen your hair. It resembles mine. Yeah, but, yeah <laughs> you know that, you know, I'd be lying if I said that, but look, it was incredibly difficult for the industry. Um, it was difficult for everyone, so obviously, but but hospitality had a really rough time. Yeah. I remember walking around Balmain at home in Sydney and thinking about the fact that they just announced lockdowns in one of the subsequent lockdowns through the whole thing. And I remember them saying, like, the next day we were going to lockdown without any notice. And, and the pubs in Balmain, I saw people closing pubs at that moment in time. I saw the operators like dejected and sad sad as they cleaned up that day and looking at the stockpiles of goods that they bought for the week to follow. Um, yeah. It was just gut-wrenching. I remember driving past venues and seeing produce on the street um, because, you know, they just didn't open. And for whatever reason, <laughs> someone had not told the supplier and what have you. So, look, it, it was horrible. Um, it was difficult. In terms of what we saw in the network, if you go back to the first lockdown, um, you know, we saw the network halve in the first week of that lockdown. So our GMV across the country halved. If I'm honest, that was probably a better result than I was anticipating. Okay. I thought it would be more severe than that. But what we found was that there was a lot of migration from certainly CBDs into the suburbs. I don't know about you, Justin, but I found um, I, my dog got very walked and I had a lot of caffeine. <laughs> Me when too. We're, when we're in when yes. we're in lockdown and and the data showed that um so the operators had to change their operating model they switched to takeaway 
I just, again, I just think it's such an amazing testimony to the people who work in food and beverage, the way they were able to be nimble. You know, there was complete chaos in terms of the information on what lockdowns meant and what was going on. And I think these guys, like always, they're entrepreneurial, they're super smart, they're capable, they're able to pivot. They took it and they, and they, they used did. it to- It was, it was oh, real it was innovation. Just, it was innovation. It was just inspiring, right? So, so it was tough. What we found was that volumes on the network went from 50% up to 80% even before lockdowns were relaxed. And what that meant was um, people got into new habits, people's fear reduced um, as we worked through it. We got into sort of a steady state of lockdowns. The other thing we found, we found was once the lockdowns were relaxed, say for instance, in New South Wales, our volume shot up to 120%. Now, mm. there was a bit of new business in there, Justin. But yep. the truth was that there was a bit of um, sort of relief buying that occurred. We, we all heard about the fact that we'd saved a lot of money in lockdown and there was people spending a bit more discretionary cash. We're all trying very hard to get a booking at the, uh, the restaurant we hadn't been to for a while. Um, so there was a bit <laughs> of that. That's true. <laughs> Diving but into the lobster other, tanks. Yes. Exactly right. I think, I think the other thing that happened was we found that there was um, – Every subsequent lockdown after that, the drop was less severe. Mm, so, mm. so the operators got better at pivoting their business. The buyers got better at reverting to their lockdown behavior. And so it was, look, if it wasn't so stressful for everyone, if there wasn't so much pain and suffering, um, it was a, such an interesting case study in human behavior and adaptability. Um, but it was really hard. I'd say the other the other thing we noticed on our network, it actually drove a lot of really positive change retrospectively that I didn't anticipate at all. So mm. the first one was that we found that the the adoption of our payment processing product, it's a really big part of our business. So quick, quick backstory, started the business largely on the promise of ordering and payments between yes. venues and suppliers, but ordering was the key initially. It was really the driving force. Over time, and especially during lockdown, we've seen a huge shift to payment being the number one reason people come to us and adopt Automentum. And the reason for that is that we, you know, we're by far the best way to pay and get paid in, in the industry. There's no mm. doubt about it. We invest, we invest a lot of time and money for both suppliers and venues to optimize for payment because we think it's the lifeblood of growth and survival, depending where you are in your Interesting. Story. Interesting. But if, if, if you go back to it, though, um, Justin, we had this enormous take up of payments. So suppliers were recognizing that they could be sending out stock that they never get paid for. And mm. it was just a crucial part of them adapting to the new world. But interestingly, the venues were also running at it because instead of having five different ways to pay their suppliers, right, um, cash, COD in one place, um, EFT in another place, you know, check in another place, carry a pigeon the other place, direct <laughs> IOUs, yes. Exactly. The poster note with an IOU, absolutely. Um, instead of all that, because they were getting so discerning in terms of how how they spent, where they spent and what they spent, um, having it all come through one place in a very streamlined place like Automentum was really, really important. And so we we saw an enormous shift to our payment product. Um, and that's been an enduring shift. Today, that's one of the fastest growing parts of our business. So what's your read on how the hospitality industry is holding up now? Look, it's it's tough for different reasons now. Um, so 
you know, firstly, we've got a bit of a, a COVID bump again at the moment um, in terms of we're seeing some numbers creep up in Sydney and that has an impact on logistics more generally. So you often hear stories of, oh, look, I'm down five drivers today. I've got to scramble to make deliveries. That's something that we see a lot. And I think that will be on and off again, um, just given the pressure on labour in the market for some time. Um, I think more broadly, that theme of access to talent, you know, there's been a huge reduction in the inflow of talent into hospitality and that will change. We'll see that open up more and more, but it's still going to be a real shortage in that industry for some time. Shortage in terms of sheer quantum, shortage in terms of how many people are coming into the industry to work and then subsequently shortage on quality because you've got less people who are well-trained sort of doing the jobs that we need them to mm. do. So I think labor, labor in general is a really big challenge. I think the other huge factor at the moment, which is really challenging for operators on all sides of the network, I think this is business more generally, obviously, but just the inflationary pressures. We've seen you know, enormous sort of price ranges of rises across the network. Um, and that's, a, that's quite a meaningful thing. Um, when you're already against it in terms of a bunch of commercial elements, because your costs are going up everywhere, um, and then your staff costs go up quite significantly as well, you know, that's a really significant factor on a business that, you know, isn't operating at huge margin. So I think mm. it would be silly to say that the industry is cruising. They're not. Um, yeah. There's a lot of pressure in terms of logistics. There's a lot of pressure in terms of finding talent. There's a lot of pressure on cost of talent and cost to serve more broadly. So I'm watching those elements quite closely over the next little while um, because I think, you know, we, we know this, but in Australia, JobKeeper was a big program that really did keep a lot of operators afloat. Um, and unfortunately, we have seen a tick up in terms of businesses closing their doors due to these pressures really coming into bite. What about the competitive landscape in Australia? What does that look like? Are there any other automentums out there doing the same sort of thing? Certainly no automentums, Justin. Um, but in terms of, of course. in terms of others digitising industry, yeah, there's some great players doing things in the space. Um, I think we we differentiate ourselves in a couple of ways. So, firstly, we have a mandate in our business. We call it high trust commerce. The likes of Shopify and others have really coined this phrase. But we have this view that in order to digitise and to rapidly digitise an entire entire network, you can't do it without real high trust commerce. You can't build it without both sides of the network trusting each other and without you being a trusted party to everyone. And we talk a lot in the business. In fact, a whole bunch of our team is KPI'd on creating long-term relationships. We're not interested in a first-time sale, a one-time sale, you know, a churn and burn, um, that old-school sort of Groupon model that we all, you know, we all saw. We're just not interested in that. If it's not a long-term win-win, we're not doing it. And I think... Um, no disrespect to anyone in the network. I think there's a real um, shortage of focus on long-term high-trust commerce, and that, that's something that really differentiates us. Let's look ahead to the future. Time to get out that crystal ball of yours. I know it's hard to predict, but where do you see Automentum's future, say, over the next two to three years? What does that look like? Look, in, in the next three years, every venue, hospitality venue in the country will be using Automentum. And they'll be using it to order and pay across the entire spectrum of their supply goods. You know, whilst we're really strong in coffee, bread and milk right now, 
um, and a whole heap of other uh, categories like packaging and you name it, we're seeing rapid growth in the new sectors. You know, once you've got these venues and once you've got them telling you where they would like to buy next and telling their suppliers they'd like them to be on Automentum, you know, there's a really exciting um, opportunity for us to spread, you know, not only to continue to grow our venue sort of distribution, but to more importantly, grow the number of supply categories that we help those venue with. So that's the first one. Um, you know, Automentum's growing very fast. We've got a model that acquires venues and supplies quickly, and we've found a really strong product market fit. So that's what I'd say on sort of like the, the growth side of things. I think the exciting thing for me is we're just stepping into the next phase of how we layer benefits onto the network as it grows so quickly. You know, so payments, we've talked a lot about that. Um, we're confident we're by far the fastest and best way to get paid or, or to pay in the space. And we've got a whole bunch of exciting things that we're doing to accelerate that and to make it even better and better and better. Adam Theobald, founder and CEO of Automentum. Thank you so much for coming onto the show and all the very best in the future. Thank you. Thank you.